Well, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening. Whatever time of day it is you're listening to this program, welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. And how's everybody going out there? How's things happening this week for our brothers and sisters out there in Eagles Nation? Again, we're both, you know, we're all, shouldn't say both, we're all still reeling from the two Big-time losses to big-time teams this week where, you know, we thought our, let's face it, we thought our Eagles would be a lot more competitive than they were. And a lot of red flags that have uh, popped up because we weren't. So before we uh, dig in, thank you for tuning in as always. Uh, This is not going to be my pregame podcast for Seattle. It's kind of a midweek kind of pulse of the Eagles. Even my thoughts on some things since the loss that I've thought about. Um... Some other newsworthy items, things of that nature that I thought were interesting that I wanted to um, discuss. So, thank you again for joining me. And uh, remember, there is a email address: petwgp at gmail.com. Petwgp at gmail.com. That is uh, one way that you can communicate with the show, ask any questions, give your thoughts, what have you. Uh, if you do ask questions, I will make sure that I answer them and address them on the show. Now, a couple other things about the podcast itself. I'm in the middle of launching this also on YouTube, going through a lot of the preliminary things that YouTube uh, wants and needs in terms of verification and credentials and all that kind of stuff. I thought it'd be a lot easier. I just plug and play and go. Not the case. Um, so look out for that, and I'll certainly make uh, announcements um, uh, once that happens, I did establish the channel. Uh, the channel will be Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Same exact um, wording as the podcast is that you find online with the W slash Jeff, uh, not with with spelled out. So the channel is there. Um, you could jump on and you know follow it now and know that uh, in the future these podcasts will be uh, on YouTube as I continue to steer this podcast in, I think the proper directions and different channels to get, to get it out there. You know what I mean? But you can also help me in the meantime, for those of you who haven't, make sure you follow the program on whatever platform you're listening to, you know, follow it, share it. And if it allows you to rate it, uh, rate the podcast as well. Five stars would be fantastic. I really appreciate that. So, all right. A lot of things I want to go through, all right? First is, there's a lot of Eagle fans out there, and I don't, I'm don't. i definitely not one of them. And those of you who have been listening to my channel, uh, podcasts, know that I'm not one of them because I've been talking about this Seattle game as part of the juggernaut, not the juggernaut being over after Dallas. And the main reason for that is the Eagles never beat Seattle. Never. They don't play well versus Seattle. Before Russell Wilson or after Russell Wilson? Some Eagle fans say, oh, Russell Wilson's not there anymore. We can beat him. I'm sure that helps. But even before Russell Wilson, the Eagles never played Seattle well. Okay, I was at a Monday night game um, before Russell Wilson. The night that he retired Reggie White's number. It was a Monday night game. I think Seattle beat us, and this was not Russell Wilson. This was before Russell Wilson. I think they beat us like 40 to, I don't know, 6. I don't think we have double digits in points. Absolute crushing. 
And this was on a big celebration night with Reggie White's jersey being retired into the rafters. And the family of Reggie's was there on, on the field. This was back in the vet, I believe, too. I don't think it was at Lincoln Financial. Oh, no, it was at Lincoln Financial. The, uh, it, it definitely was now, I think about it. And the Eagles got absolutely spanked by Seattle. And Seattle was, again, one of those years when they weren't even that good. And that's what I'm trying to tell some of these Eagle fans that just think this is, uh, you know, not going to be that tough of a game, that it doesn't matter if the Eagles are good and Seattle's bad. Seattle's good and Eagles are good, or Seattle's good and Eagles are bad. The Eagles never win in Seattle, especially in Seattle. And if you listen to my last podcast, I already predicted them. You know, the spoiler's out. I'm not predicting them to win this weekend. I'm hoping between now and the preview podcast for the game, maybe I'll change my mind. I don't think so. It'll take a lot to do that, quite honestly. And it's now Tuesday, and I still haven't changed my mind. I still have the Eagles losing this game. And, you know, hopefully that's not the case. At some point, the Eagles got to beat Seattle. So, you know, the Eagles did lose to the Jets this year. So maybe if you look at the psychology that way, maybe they'll finally beat Seattle this year. Maybe. I don't know. I don't see it. Especially, the thing is, especially with the way this team is playing right now. I mean, when the Eagles were playing good and on a roll, they'd still lose to Seattle. So they're going into this game getting absolutely hammered two games in a row, going back across the entire country, flying to Seattle, and playing a tough, desperate team uh, in the Seahawks. And the way the Eagles are playing, how do you have any? How do you have any faith or trust they're going to win this game? Even if you're not like me and know the history like I do. It's hard to, I would think it would be hard to muster up enough confidence that you can just go out there and say, like many Eagle fans that I've seen in the media, you know, social media channels, that this is, you know, this could be a win. And the Eagles win the next four games. That's the other thing. The Eagles going to win the next four games? Really? I mean, I tend to believe they'll win the next three after this. But, you know, I always thought those were going to be basically easy wins. Those I actually did think would be easy wins. I don't think so now. Not with the way this team's playing. And you got the Giants that are finding a little bit of magic now um, with DeVito. They've won three straight games. You don't think they're going to try to play spoiler with the Eagles? One of their biggest division rivals these last two games we have against them? Only two games we have against them? You're absolutely right they're going to be up for that game. And the Eagles not playing well going into that game. Well, I guess they potentially could be. But we'll see. Right now they ain't playing well. And Arizona, like I said, there's a Gannon factor. You don't think Gannon's going to have that team up to, again, play spoiler against the team he just left last year? So these are not gimme wins, folks. And you know what? As I look back in the preview podcast I did before the season, and I made my schedule predictions for the entire year, I had the Eagles at 12-5. and five. Now, I didn't expect Dallas to be this good. So I thought 12-5 and five would be enough to win the division. Um, you know, who knows how it's going to work out. It might still be enough. But the point is, I had them with five losses during the year, and they're on pace to have probably five losses. Now, to get five losses, they have to lose two out of the next four games. And I think that's definitely possible. Like I said, they're going to lose to Seattle. Now, again, I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong about that. Let's make it clear. 
don't want to be right. But I've already, already, the way they're playing right now, they're not beating Seattle. So that gives them four losses. And then they could very easily lose one of the last three. The Giants could definitely upset them. And the Arizona game, I think they'll win that one. That's probably the one I'm most confident about is Arizona. Um, You know, one at home. But I just can't think. I just think you can't take any of these games for granted right now, the way the Eagles are playing. They have the worst record. I'm sorry, the worst defense. Not the worst record, of course. But the worst record. I mean, the worst defense in the entire, I don't know why I keep saying record. The worst defense in the, basically in the entire NFL. When you look at the statistics, it's as ugly as it gets. I can't remember an Eagles defense that is this bad. I'll just go over some of the rankings here so you get an idea of what I'm talking about. So right now, the Eagles' defensive rankings as they currently stand. Points allowed per game, they're 28th. 28th. That means there's only four teams, three teams worse than them. I guess four teams worse than them. Okay, there's 32 teams. Keep in mind, there's 32 teams. Right now, points allowed per game, the Eagles are 28th. Points allowed per drive, 29th. Yards allowed per game, 22nd. Turnovers forced by defense, 21st. Passing touchdowns allowed, 31st. Only one team worse than them. Not sure what team it is, but again. First down by penalties, 26th. Third down defense, dead last at 32. They're worst in the league. Worse than any team in the league. And red zone defense, 30th. Only two teams worse. The highest ranking out of those that really make any sense is, is you know, not make any sense, but the only the highest one is 21, and that's turnovers forced. Everything else, they're either 26th or 30, 32nd in the entire league in all defensive rankings. That is as piss bad a defense as I can ever remember as the as an Eagle fan. And I'm trying to remember. I really can't remember a defense that bad. There's some some guy online today that said that the Kotite defense was worse. No, it wasn't. Not even close. That Kotite actually had a pretty good defense. He just was an awful coach. The defense wasn't bad. There's still like really good, a lot of good talent there in that defense, and they were still good right in the upper part of the league. They were just coming off the 91. 92 season when they were probably unarguably the greatest defense of all time. You can make an argument. That was that 91-92 Eagles defense. That was just nasty. Led the league number one against the rush, number one against the pass, number one overall. So Kotite had actually had a pretty good defense. So that guy just had no clue what he was talking about, which I made sure I told him that. Um, But anyway, uh, so Sirianni today had his press conference, first time we've heard from him since the Dallas uh, destruction, uh, obviously since his post-game or his post-game podcast. But, um, you know, it's the first time we heard from this week. And you've heard some rumblings and some calls out for them to make some changes, calls mainly from, like, the media and fans, obviously. Sirianni quickly addressed those and said there's not going to be any coaching changes. No scheme changes, and, um, you know, kind of was pretty stern in saying that. Now, you got to keep in mind that during these press conferences, Sariani is always prompted by the media folks and uh, marketing people, whatever, at the uh, 
media spokesman, I guess is the best way to put it, uh, for the Eagles that kind of prep him for these questions. So he was ready for it. And um, here's the thing. Even if he was going to make a scheme change, they're not going to, he's not going to tell the media that. I've, I've said this before. You know, he's not going to come out there and say, yeah, we're deciding to change the entire, you know, offense. or we're going to decide to do this more or that more. He's not going to say that. It's a competitive advantage. And he's very close to the best about that stuff, as we know. How many times do you hear him say that? Competitive advantage, not going to tell you, not going to tell you. So he's not going to, if they are making any internal changes, he's not going to tell the media. So take it for whatever it's worth. He said he's not going to make any changes, but it doesn't mean that they're not. Um, the other thing that's coming out is that uh, apparently Derek Gunn got some uh, unanimous, unanimous, not unanimous, unanimous uh, reports from the Eagles locker room that the Eagle players are talking to him, telling him that they believe that this Eagles offense is too predictable. And that defenses know what they're doing. That, after watching this team in recent month or so, doesn't surprise me at all. And I'm glad at least the Eagles players are standing up and saying something about it. Because I think their offense is extremely vanilla. So with that type of feedback, I don't know, you know, how arrogant the Eagles coaching is going to be with getting that type of feedback and they're just going to do continue to just do what they're doing or if they're going to actually take the player feedback and, and make some changes and adjustments I guess we'll see but there's more than one player that apparently has brought this to the Eagles and or the um, some of the beat writers attention and when there's smoke there's fire is what I always say how often have you heard these type of things before and then later on as years passed or after the season, the off season, or whatever, you're, you get these confirmed, then they confirm that these reports were true that went on during the season. So it's probably happening. And I'm glad that the players are speaking up because if, if the coaches aren't figuring this out, that the defenses know what they're doing and they're very predictable and they need to need to be more creative on offense, which I've said in my own podcast here in these post games, I've mentioned that. Um, then, you know, I'm glad the players are, are, are saying something about it, you know. And then I guess it's up to the coaches now to either do it or not. I don't know. So he talked about how bad the Eagles' defense is, and that's another reason why they're not beating Seattle this week. It's like this team, this team's defense is so bad. How can you be confident of them beating the Giants even? That's how bad their defense is. This is not just a bad streak. Those numbers I just – uh, gave you those rankings. That's a season-long ranking. That is where they are for the 2023 season, not for the last month, not for the last three weeks. That's for the entire season. That's how bad their defense is. So here's the only way the Eagles can win with that type of defensive uh, numbers. They have to outscore the other team. And guess what? When the Eagles' offense is struggling against been the last two weeks, they're going to lose to anybody. I mean, that's that's what that equation tells you. So the only way the Eagles are going to win, probably the only reason, the only way the Eagles are going to win or go and uh, have any success in the playoffs at all is if they're going to outscore the other team because this defense isn't stopping anybody. Nobody. Good teams, bad teams, 
Certainly not playoff teams. We know that. They're getting their ass kicked by playoff teams. Even the games they won, Buffalo put up 30 points. So the really only hope for the Eagles to have any success in the postseason is you can't count on this defense, is to get their offense going. And their offense has and can be explosive. We know that. But they need to figure it out because it's been anything but. They didn't even score a single offensive touchdown against Dallas. Now, it doesn't help when you turn the ball over three times in their territory, which is something I didn't want to uh, overlook. Because, yeah, the score of the Cowboys game was, you know, a blowout, as we all know. But think about this. The Eagles, their three turnovers were all in Dallas' territory. One of them in the red zone. The other one just outside of the red zone. And then the other one around like the 39-yard line or something like that. But three fumbles lost in Dallas' territory. So they were moving the ball against the Cowboys. That's the, that's the point I'm trying to make here. Dallas' off defense, rather, was not able to stop the Eagles in that game. The Eagles stopped themselves. But again... The Eagles' defense couldn't stop Dallas at all. So can the Eagles beat the Cowboys? Yeah, absolutely. But it would have to win in a shootout. Same thing with the, with the 49ers. Because this Eagles' defense is not stopping both of those teams' offense. It's not happening. So the only way the Eagles are going to win in the playoffs is by outscoring and in shootouts the other team. It's the only way. This defense is proven time and time and time again. It's unreliable. They can't stop anybody. Those numbers I gave you, just prove it. So that's the only way this team's going to have success for the rest of the year. They're probably going to have to you know, win shootouts against uh, the Cardinals and Giants, potentially, even as bad as their defense is. Just saying. I mean, would you be surprised if they beat the Giants like 31 to 28? I wouldn't. The Giants haven't been able to score on anybody this year. But they've seemed to have caught a little bit of uh, – magic here and you know they just upset the Packers but I mean the thing that's going to probably be the saving grace with the Giants is that their offensive line is still terrible and that's that's a offensive line that our defensive line which is the key to any su- uh, success on our defense is getting to the quarterback and sacking them and you know we should be able to do that against the Giants I say should because it all remains to be seen So, right now, the Cowboys and the 49ers are both clearly better than we are. Just They just are. But that doesn't say, that doesn't mean that the Eagles can't beat that team. Either one of them. They can. But, man, they got to get Jalen going. They got to get his offense going. Got to get Goddard going. And they got to get the running game going. I want to talk about the running game. Because there's a couple things I really just want to ponder to you, the audience. And you guys know that I'm a big Miles Sanders fan. I didn't want the Eagles to let him go. I wanted them to resign him. I thought he'd be worth it. Now, we know Miles is not having a good season down in Carolina, but that team is horrible. They got a horrible line, horrible team, and, you know, he's just in a bad situation. But he chose to go there, you know. Well, put it this way. Eagles weren't going to pay him. They didn't even apparently approach him with a contract, which to me is just ridiculous. And the, these type of decisions by Howie is starting to hurt the Eagles. 
Not putting any money into the linebacker position clearly is killing Eagles and how he needs to own that. And not putting any money into the running back position, I'm not going to say it's killing Eagles, but I think it's hurting Eagles. And I'll tell you why. And I'm just going to put this out there. The Eagles have had issues since really the first month or so of the season running the football. I mean, let's face it. Swift got off to a really good start. He was amongst the leaders in the NFL in rushing. But he hasn't done anything in like six six or seven games now. Really hasn't done much at all. Now, I think it's probably because they don't give the ball as much, to be fair, to Swift. But why aren't they giving the ball to Swift? That should be the question. Is he wearing down, even though he hasn't, you know, carried a ton of time, you know, balls this year? But you know, because he's been hurt every year, this is kind of still a, a pretty extensive load for him. He's not necessarily used to. Is he wearing down? And do the Eagles see him wearing down? The reason why I bring that up is they're not running the ball as much. And they keep saying every week they're going to run the ball more, and they just don't. Now, they've been behind a lot of these games, so you got to factor that in. But here's where I'm going with this. The Eagles' rushing game last year was one of the tops in the NFL. Miles Sanders had 1,300 yards rushing and 11 touchdowns. Let me ask you this. Think the Eagles miss Miles Sanders? Now, a lot of Eagle fans out there didn't like Miles. They're like, oh, no, of course not. No, Swift, Swift is better. They're not missing him. No, think about it. Think about it for a second. Even if you're biased towards Miles Sanders and love DeAndre Swift, think about this. Are the Eagles missing Miles Sanders? I think... I say yes. He was a more consistent runner than I've seen out of Swift. And he was able to do it throughout the full season. Now, he got hurt in the playoffs last year, right off the bat in the first play of the playoffs when he got smacked with the, uh, and fumbled the ball out of bounds. And then, you know, he injured his hand and wasn't the same after that. That was the game against the – in the Super Bowl, rather. That happened. So he ended up being a non-factor in the Super Bowl, unfortunately. Which probably completely sealed his fate from the Eagles, you know, offering any type of contract. But I'm just saying, are the Eagles missing Miles Sanders? I say yes. And I like DeAndre Swift. I think he's a good running back, and I think just give him the ball more. But is he wearing down? Why aren't they giving him the ball more? So that could be a coaching issue? Certainly. I acknowledge that absolutely. But are they missing Miles Sanders and his consistency, his way that the Eagles used to grind out games? They haven't done that all year from the running back position. When, I mean, maybe I'm missing a game this year where they actually just grinded out the game and running ran the ball, wear down the you know, wore down the clock. I don't recall one game. Every game's been close this year. Seems. I mean, they haven't had any blowout wins at all. Are they missing 26? Again, I say yes. But, you know, I'm not crying over spilled milk, just posing the question because obviously he's not coming back. So, um, something I wanted to just uh, get your thoughts on. 
and you can email the show at petwgp at gmail.com. The other thing I want to talk about is another, what I think is a mistake that the Eagles made, and I think it's costing them much more in these last couple of games. It's becoming more and more apparent. We talked about the depth on the defensive line and how this team with all these, you know, the 92 plays against the Bills, the 80-something plays against the Cowboys last week. This defense is wearing down. They are tiring out. You could see it on the field. Well, just before that, right in the middle of the gauntlet, who did they release? Derek Barnett. And I know there's a lot of Derek Barnett haters out there. I never understood it, honestly. I mean, yes, I was just as frustrated as you are, believe me, on his stupid penalties. But I knew the guy was good against the run and would provide a little bit of a pass rush. He's a good, pretty good player. You don't think you could use him right now for depth? I do. I think they would definitely take him back in heartbeat. That was a mistake. To me, that was a huge mistake letting him go, just releasing him. They need more depth on the defensive line. You have Josh Sweat and Reddick playing way more plays than they're, than they're used to. They've never played either one of them, I don't think. Definitely Sweat, in his case, has played nearly as many snaps as he's played. Brandon Graham, he's played more than they expected him to play. And there's nothing behind Graham. Why? Because they don't have Barnett here anymore. And that was a huge mistake to me. I mean, how he needs to own some of these mistakes. Releasing Barnett is, was a mistake. Be one thing if they traded for him before the trading deadline and got something back, but just outrightly release him. Just dumb, in my opinion. They could use Derek by that right now. Now, let's face it. It's not like they're playing disciplined football anyway. A lot of stupid penalties they've had. So, I just wanted to come on and uh, drop a podcast and kind of give you my my thoughts. Some of the things I'm going to run through my mind this week. Um, you know, it's been a tough go the last couple of weeks, getting thrashed by the 49ers and then beaten up by the freaking Cowboys, which we all can't stand. But you know what? Maybe they need a good looking. I mean, obviously, apparently they needed two ass whoopings to maybe get some things figured out here. But they better figure it out. Because, as I've noted, the Seattle game, they better be ready for this one. Seattle will be ready. And, again, I've talked about this. The NFL has not done the Eagles any favors, either with the with these last two games, where both the 49ers and Dallas both had 10 days of rest before playing them. Eagles did not get those you know extra days of rest. And then, what they do for the Monday night game, which Seattle would already be pumped up for away, you know, being in Seattle, their home, their 12th man and all that. Now that game goes to prime time on Monday night. Talk about making that game a lot harder for the Eagles, which they already struggle against Seattle. It's another reason why I just think they're going to they're gonna lose. I mean, <laughs> I can't see them going in to Seattle on a Monday night game primetime TV and beating that team. Especially with the way they're playing. I would have doubts even if they were playing well heading into this game. This game would scare me. Because of the history. They just never beat Seattle. Ever. 
Now this game's on Monday night. Thank you, NFL. Appreciate it. After screwing us the last couple weeks, you got to screw us again. And then, what does that do? We also get a short week to go and play the Giants. Thank you again, NFL. Unbelievable. Definitely not doing it. And then yet you got these other fan bases out there thinking that the refs have it in for the Eagles this year and they're getting all the calls. What a bunch of BS that is. Give me a break. We lost the Super Bowl last year because of a ridiculously ticky-tack pass interference call that they weren't calling the entire game, but the refs waited to the last possible drive to call it on the Eagles. And that's why Chiefs fans need to just shut the F up about the Tony call where, you know, Mahomes passed it to Travis Kelsey, who then lateral passed it to Tony, who ran into the end zone late in that game that would have got the Chiefs to win, where Tony clearly and obviously lined up offsides. It's not even debatable. And yet you got Andy Reid, too, who rarely criticized refs, whining and crying. And then Mahomes, who just lost it like a complete baby at the end of that game. And, you know, fine, you want to bicker about the play, but it's just so hypocritical of the Chiefs and the coaches and Mahomes and their fans because you guys won a Super Bowl over a ticky-tack pass interference call that had nothing to do with the play either. Guy was not catching that ball. And he was barely held on to. Barely. And that type of play was happening the entire game with no calls. The refereeing has been utterly an embarrassment for the NFL. I do agree with Mahomes on that. That is true, but that was actually one of the calls they got right. And all you need to do is look at the tape. I mean, you can't, what are you whining about? Is way offsides, lined up way over in the neutral zone. Clearly offsides. That one's obvious. Now, I guess they got screwed the week before. I didn't see that game, but I heard they got, you know, screwed on a pass interference call. You know, so that's probably in the back of their minds. But that call, they have no, no reason to be bitching about. But to hear these Chiefs fans whining and complaining when they got a gift in the Super Bowl last year that ultimately won them the game. And I just don't want to hear it on any Chiefs fan. You guys just need to shut the hell up. All right. So hopefully we get this uh, podcast up on YouTube. So look out for that. And uh, we'll be able to hopefully expand the audience here and and get the uh, get this podcast out. Um but for those of you who uh, continue to ride with Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff, really appreciate it as always. By the way, I know this podcast can be listened to anywhere in the world, which is one of the cool things about the podcast, you know, having a podcast. So, um, and I forgot to mention this during uh, Veterans Day. If there's any uh, military people out there that are listening to uh, this podcast, I just wanted to thank you for your service the men and women out there listening to this podcast, you Eagle fans uh, in the military that are serving overseas um, that are listening to my voice and my, and this uh, podcast. 
uh, I am humbly appreciative uh, of that and forever grateful of your service um, to our country. So I wanted to um, make a point to uh, to say that. Um, and I truly, uh, truly mean that. Uh, my dad was a veteran um, of the Navy. My grandfather was also in the Navy, and my other grandfather was in the Marines. So uh, while I have never personally served, um, the military is uh, very close to my my family um, from a service perspective, and I've always had the uh, utmost respect um, and appreciation uh, for the men and women who serve in the military. So if you are out there listening to this podcast, um, greatly appreciate that. And if you, again, if you have a moment to simply email the podcast and let me know uh, that you're out there, that would be uh, cool to know, number one. And uh, secondly, um, so I would be able to recognize you as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know what else I can really uh, talk about right now. We'll definitely have a pregame podcast for Seattle, <laughs> although you may not want to listen to it if you're trying to keep your optimism and hopes up. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm always constantly trying to analyze this game as I always do. It's not like I, you know, I know I point blank said they're going to lose. And right now I definitely think they're going to lose. But who knows if things can change in the next couple of days. You never know. I mean, there are, you know, injuries always play a role. I heard Witherspoon's banged up, who, by the way, is, is an amazing rookie cornerback. If you guys have not seen this guy play, you'll get your first chance to do that. Uh, he is banged up with a bruised ribs, but it looks like he's um, looks like he's going to play. And then their quarterback situation with Geno Smith, he's you know he's uh, got a lower leg injury. And uh, Drew Locke came in and played last week and started. So that's kind of up in the air as far as who the quarterback will be Monday night. So um, it does appear the Eagles are pretty much healthy. But we'll get an update on all that in the injury report, as we always do on the pregame podcast. So make sure you tune in for that. Listen, thank you very much, as always, for tuning in. Uh, greatly appreciate it. And listen, Eagles got to figure this out quick. They got to turn this around, turn this ship around, and get things going again. I have faith that they will do that. I'm just not sure it'll happen this week. But we'll see. For more to come on that. Make sure you come back later this week for the pregame podcast for Seattle. Until then, thank you very much. And as always, fly, Eagles, fly. Take care.